Hello and welcome to the Security Weekly News, episode 188, wrap-up for the week of 14 February 2022. 14 February sticks in my head. Not that I had someone to actually um, have dinner with that night, but there was lots of very cheap chocolate after it, so um, I hope yous that did not have someone to buy chocolate for managed to get lots of cheap chocolate the following days okay so i'm here on location at warner brothers studios in london england and we have ukraine and russia iran fishers wordpress mfa and a free crypto scan as well as all the show wrap-ups on this edition of security weekly news wrap-up show this is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. It's the show that keeps you up to date on the latest security news twice a week. Your trusted source for accurate security information and expert analysis. It's time for Security Weekly News. Monitoring and maintaining compliance is a never-ending struggle with a high price of failure. Firemon helps customers meet complex and varying compliance requirements. Firemon has fully customizable reporting, analytics, assessments, and dashboards to meet the compliance needs of any organization. With Firemon, compliance reports take a tenth of the time, and real-time continuous compliance eliminates the anxiety and headaches of audit preparation. Improve security outcomes by improving security operations with Firemon. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash Firemon to learn more. Cybercriminals are working overtime. Last year in the fourth quarter alone, phishing attacks disguised as COVID testing information increased by 521%. Barracuda has identified 13 types of email threats and how cybercriminals use them to steal money from your company or personal information from your employees and customers. Find out about the 13 email threat types and how Barracuda can provide complete email protection for your teams, your customers, and your reputation. Get your free ebook at securityweekly.com forward slash Barracuda. That's securityweekly.com forward slash Barracuda. Hi, I'm Aaron Leyland from Restricted Access Limited, and this is Security Weekly News Wrap-Up Show. Unfortunately, the ever-wonderful Dr. Doug is otherwise engaged this week, so strap yourselves in for a ride with me. At Universal Studios, no less, Dr. Doug and the amazing Jason Wood will be back as normal on Tuesday. I'm kicking off the week on Application Security Weekly 184. We had John and Mike who talked about Docker and Security Boundaries, Google's Year in Vulnerability Awards. It was quite a lot. They probably outdo it this year, though. 2021's Year in Web Hacks, Apple AirTags, and Privacy. There was also turning on AIs onto RFCs for security. Facial recognition research was also included. Doug Kirsten, who is the Chief Information Security Officer at AppFire, joined him to discuss how the nature of vulnerabilities today makes it critical for developers to make sure they are building projects in a secure manner in order to quickly mitigate vulnerabilities. The legend, which is John Kinsella, has... Um, <laughs> I'll just tell you a quick story. I was looking for the show notes for all the shows today, and this happened. So John Kinsella is picture that's up there has a look of the um, British comedian Jimmy Carr. Um, so get on over there, steal that photograph, 
and make some hopefully kind memes and drop them on our Discord server. Okay, on Business Security Weekly number 250, there was Ben, Jason and Matt, and they talked about in the leadership and communications section about five leadership lessons General Marshall can teach us. I don't know who General Marshall is. I hope you do. Possibly I'll research that later when I'm not on a Harry Potter tour. Okay, they also talked about cybersecurity incident response, the six steps to success, and also six effective tips to politely say no. Apparently that actually work. I don't know, what's wrong with just a good no? It's like, why do we have to give reasons all the time? Anyway, also there was how to move from legacy GRC processes and a system to a more automated approach that promotes visibility, agility, and alignment. It's definitely made up by marketers that, isn't it? From assessment to boardroom. They had in the show this week, John Wheeler, who is the CEO at Wheelhouse Advisors, and also great Irish name, Podrick O'Reilly. Hopefully I said that right, Podrick, and how you pronounce it. It's how we pronounce it in Ireland, but um, <laughs> who knows these days. Um, chief, He's the chief product officer and co-founder at CyberZient, um, a packed show there for your education and enjoyment. On Enterprise Security Weekly 261, hosts Adrian, Katie, and Tyler. <laughs> I cut the R off Tyler there and um, nearly called him Tyle, but um, I get in trouble. Discussed Enterprise Security News. Secure Nix raises $1 billion in Vista-led round. Apparently, they had a unicorn is what someone told me. And salt security becomes a unicorn. So apparently, secure next at salt security, according to this anyway. But um, I move on. So legit security raises a total legit, <laughs> amazing, 26.5 million Series A. Vicarious and Calamu raises Series A, small s. I'm not in the big business, so uh, hopefully that means something to someone, but it's a big S and a, a big A and a little S. Um, they also talked about permit.io, KSOC, KSOC, Titanium, Canonic Security, Alert Security, and Secure Things, who all picked up on seed funding. I need to watch that show more and mostly know what they're talking about. Okay, so the team looked at big tech cybersecurity funding, obviously, and acquisitions. The rumor mill apparently went nuts over Cisco's Splunk deal. That's probably not happening, I'm told, maybe. But I did see a great meme about it this week where it was something like, uh, not verbatim, but Cisco, 25 million Splunk, and someone wasn't sure whether that was just their month's enterprise agreement license or that was them actually buying Splunk. Splunk, I'm sure we love you. Definitely a good UI. Anyway, so they also questioned why cybersecurity assessment management startups are so hot right now. If I did sing, I would have sung that to you, but best I don't. There was new products, unhelpful legislation, a major acquisition, 
and apparently, of course, a few squirrel stories. Um, normally, I'd read that out as squirrel, but um, <laughs> giving you all the syllables, it's definitely squirrel stories. Now I'm getting confused. Anyway, and a special mention to Katie's cat, who made a welcome appearance. See, I do watch the show. Okay, on the Security Appliance Weekly, number 99, the Security Hippie Part 2, the best grandpa ever, Jeff Mann, and you are the best grandfather ever, and we hope for your family and your granddaughter um, is obviously, hopefully, on the men's and getting well soon. So there was the story of why CISOs fail, I don't know, my short answers because they're not good enough. But anyway, um, join Jeff to tell us all about the success of his first book, as well as introduce us to his forthcoming book, Security Hippie. And that's Barak Angel with an E, who is Chief Geek CEO Founder at EA Mune on. He is best known for pioneering the concept of the virtual, also known as fractional, CISO model nearly two decades ago. So over the 20 years since then, he has applied that model and strategy to building, managing, and counseling security departments across countless, <laughs> countless even, and diverse organizations. Some big names coming up here, including MuleSoft, Amplitude Analytics, Live Nation, Tisketmaster, StubHub, Barnes & Nobles, BB, I don't know what that is, I bet you I should do, you know, BB Stores, I bet it's American, and many, many others. The goal of his new book is to convey security concepts in the form of telling stories. And on that show, he gave a few examples um, during the course of the interview. As you can tell, another packed show for your listening or viewing pleasure. On Security Weekly News, episode number 187, which was titled Ukraine, Black Bike versus the 49ers, Malicious Mobs, Adobe Zero Day, and Team Bugs. And there should probably be an annex there, something to do with Dr. Doug admitting that he knows nothing about any sport at all, especially football. At least he has a big brain, eh? Okay, so I was on that show and I talked about sextortion and I dropped the story about my friend Jimmy. Okay, so obviously Dr. Doug was steering the ship and I wrote this this morning and I stand by it. But it was a great show by Dr. Doug, and he totally showed me how a podcast should be conducted. And I do sit there looking at him and going, one day, maybe one day. But head on over and watch that, especially if you have thoughts on hosting your own podcast show. I think um, Dr. Doug would be a good person to emulate yourself on. So on the big show, the first show, Paul Security Weekly last night, which was episode, can you believe it, 728, 728, wow, um, that was titled Pixelating Info, 
pilfer our report, digital credit unions, and air tag abuse. There was also things titled to steal or collect a bug bounty. I, I guess, no, it's like if you're on a cybersecurity master's or social engineering masters, if there is such a thing. I believe there might be over in the States now. I, the old thing, isn't it? No, if you hack into the school's computer and give yourself an A star, well, that should stand, right? Am I right? I don't know. <laughs> it might be breaking some laws. Okay, so there was print bombing an NFL team. That sounds fun, but definitely illegal. WebKit strikes again. Hackers be farming <laughs> i can't even read me i'm writing some days but um tipc linux kernels and is that <laughs> paul scotty have wrote this is that an air tag in your pocket or question mark and then we've got it was russia unless it wasn't russia cassandra and magento and how to redact so that brings the wrap up to a close, and now we will have the new news. I always wanted to say that. Okay, further reporting on Ukraine, this time from the English Guardian. Ukraine accused Russia on Wednesday of being behind a cyber attack that targeted two banks and its defense ministry, which the country's deputy prime minister said was the largest of its type ever seen. The Kremlin denied, of course they did, denied um, attempts to overwhelm a website by flooding it with millions of requests, but the disruption reignited wider concerns of ongoing cyber conflict. This is actually one thing I do worry about, that cyber gray area and about how cyber attacks could fall below the kinetic bar of um, retaliation. But one of these days, I, if it's not already happened, um, somebody's going to die from one of these cyber attacks. And um, I, I just hope we're on top of the laws the law of armed conflict, LOAC, and stuff like that, um, so we know what's going on. So in my not best Russian voice, or Ukrainian voice, even better, Inya Vikyok, cybersecurity chief of Ukraine's SPU intelligence agency, said it was too early to definitively identify specific perpetrators, as is typically the case with cyber attacks when perpetrators make efforts to cover their attacks. But the official added, the only country that is interested in such attacks on our state, especially against the backdrop of massive panic about a possible military invasion, the only country that is interested is the Russian Federation. I concur. Anyway, denying responsibility. Don't come get me. Denying responsibility, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I nearly did it in a Russian accent, and everybody knows I can't do one. Anyway, we do not know anything. As expected, Ukraine continues blaming Russia for everything. He added that Russia had nothing to do with it. 
the obviously the denial of service he's denying the denial of service attacks um russia has been accused of being behind a string of cyber attacks against the ukraine since 2014 war between the two countries and some experts believe that if the kremlin does not de-escalate militarily similar similar deniable attacks could follow that was a bit of a mouthful Danny Lopez, a former diplomat who runs cybersecurity firm Glasswall, said, while we are trying to find out if de-escalation is real, it's in Russia's interest to keep everybody guessing. Yes, it is. Okay, cyber attacks could play an important role to keep the pot warm in the stove, but not spilling over into actual conflict. I myself wish Ukraine well in the coming days, and hope for a diplomatic resolution. And um, I'm not going to try a Russian accent from here on in. And on, <laughs> on Tuesday, I had quite a lot of text messages telling me that my Russian accent was dreadful. But right, we go on. Okay, from one nation that we like to portray as a villain in our cyber fairy tales to another. Um, threat post reported Iranian state broadcaster clobbered by clumsy buggy code. So researchers said a January 27th attack that aired footage of opposition leaders calling for assassination of Iran's supreme leader was a clumsy and unsophisticated wiper attack. Footage of the opposition leaders calling for the assassination of Iran's supreme leader ran on several of the nation's state-run TV channels in late January after a, a state-sponsored cyber attack on Iranian state broadcaster IRIB. The incident, one of a series of political-motivated attacks in Iran that have occurred in the last year, included the use of a wiper that potentially ties it to a previous high-profile attack on Iran's national transportation network in July, according to researchers from Checkpoint Research. However, though, the attacks earlier, the attacks have been attributed to Iran state-sponsored actor Indra. Researchers believe a copycat was behind the IRIB attack based on the malware and tools used in attack, they said in a report published Friday. So among the tools used in the attack, they identified malware that takes screenshots of the victim's screens. Hopefully no one's involved in sextortion here. Um, several custom-made backdoors and related batch scripts and configurations files used to install and configure the malicious executables. Researchers wrote in the report, we could not find any evidence that these tools were used previously or attribute them to a specific threat actor. The disruptive attack on IRIB occurred on 27th of January or January 27th for my American friends, with attackers showing a savviness and knowledge of how to infiltrate systems that suggest it may also have been an inside job. So researchers say, the attack managed to bypass security systems and network segmentation, penetrate the broadcaster's networks, and produce and run the malicious tools that relied on internal knowledge of the broadcasting software used by victims. 
all while staying under the radar during the reconnaissance and initial rich intrusion stages is what they noted there. So indeed, nearly two weeks after the attack happened, newly affiliated with opposition party MEK published a status report of the attack claiming that state-sponsored radio and TV networks still had not returned to normal and that more than 600 servers, advanced digital production, archiving and broadcasting of radio and television equipment have been destroyed. Okay, story number three. Fisher spoof Par BI to visualize your credential data. There's a patch. Patch it. If that means something to you, patch it. And I'll just say that it's a popular data visualization tool and it's designed to help users wrangle their data in multiple, more human friendly formats. So patch, patch, patch if you think you're affected. Story number four, vulnerability find in WordPress plugin with over 3 million installations. I could probably add this um, quite often to the show, shall we say. But updates have been released for Updraft Plus, a WordPress plugin with over 3 million installations after a vulnerability was discovered by security researcher Mark Montpass. In the blog post, the WordFence threat intelligence team explained that the vulnerability allows any user logged in, including sub subscriber level users, to download backups made with the plugin. Okay, as we all know, backups contain everything. So that's very, very bad. Um, there's a bit of to and throwing, but at the end of the day, Updraft Plus patched the vulnerability on Thursday in version 1.22.3 and they urged users to check their website to make sure they were running the latest version. Get on top of that. Okay, MFA fatigue attacks. Users tricked into allowing device access due to overload of push notifications. Okay, I'm just going to give you the headlines of this. Malicious attackers targeting Office 365 users with MFA fatigue attacks. And what they're doing is they're bombarding the victims with 2FA push notifications to trick them into authenticating their um, logon attempts. To me, that sounds like the toddler just before dinner going, Daddy Biscuit, Daddy Biscuit, Daddy Biscuit, Daddy Biscuit, in a hope that Daddy will just buckle and give a biscuit. Um, so it was researched from Ghost Secure. Look on over on the show notes if you want more details on that. It's actually, it, it's pretty interesting. It's really good. Let's see what I wrote right at the end of this. Um, yeah, so it, it just says that in the end, they can't see through the notification overload to spot the threat. Okay, final story. And while no children I ever have will ever go to the university, as my crypto portfolio is looking very sad, and then to make my life worse, there's a free crypto scam. A new cryptocurrency scam that lends to installation of backdoors and stealers. January 2022, Threat Lab Z research team I actually not too sure how to say that. It's like threat labs, I think. Research team identified a crypto scan 
which they have dubbed free crypto scan. In this scam, the threat actors targets crypto users by luring them with an offer of free cryptocurrency. When the victim downloads the payload, it leads to installation of multiple malware payloads on the victim's system, allowing the threat actor to establish backdoors and or steal user information. In the campaign, you see Dark Crystal Rat, DC Rat or DCR Rat, being downloaded, which further leads to Redline and TV Rat being downloaded and executed on the victim system. The blog, the blog, that's <laughs> like that, that wasn't even Irish, English, or Russian. The blog aims to explain various aspects of the campaign that Threat Labs um, team has uncovered during the investigation and technical analysis of the drop payloads. End of the day, there's great write up over there for technically minded people. So if that floats your boat, I've put the link in the show notes. So that's it for the news wrap up for the week of 14 February 2022. I hope you've stocked up on chocolate. Um, Doug and Jason will be back on Tuesday. So be sure to be sure to be sure to tune in. Thank you.